welcome. Thank you for joining us for Deer Talk Now. I am back and at it. I was out with COVID for about three and a half weeks, and it was not fun, let me tell you that. First time, first time caller, first time COVID uh, experiencer, and I tell you, that was not fun. Thank you for joining the podcast. Um, today, Ian, my crack producer behind the scenes here, I'm going to ask Ian the question, and then I want to ask you guys the question just to answer it. Um, oh, boy. On how you can do it. So are you ready for this, Ian? Let's go. So this is the, um, uh, it's a make-believe question. But would you support um, taking some of your dollars, your tax dollars, uh, specifically $2 million, and we're just going to say our state, but it could be any state. Would you support earmarking $2 million? Okay, so I'm sorry. Let me back up. Politics aside, we know COVID is an infectious disease, right? Yeah. We know that it kills people, right? Sure. It infects people and kills them. Yep. So to fight COVID, would you support taking, let's just say, $2 million and putting out receptacles throughout the state where people could drop off their dirty Kleenexes or uh, <laughs> I filled a lot of them up last week um, and drop them off there so they wouldn't get in other places where that might might infect people. <laughs> no. Sounds kind of ridiculous. Yeah, a little bit. It's a pretty pretty ridiculous question. The reason why I asked that, because I was trying to think of, as I was driving to work today, I was trying to think of an apples to apples comparison. You guys know I'm bringing this back to deer, I hope. Um, an apples to apples comparison, which it's not because I'm bringing it to a comparison to chronic wasting disease, CWD. And how we are supposedly fighting CWD. So put all of your preconceived notions aside, please. This is going to be a longer podcast. And I'm going to give you my take on a lot of this. And it's just, I'm just thinking about it from what I think is common sense. So this is um, that analogy, the Kleenex analogy, is directly related to a Democrat-led, and this isn't, I'm not choosing sides here, introduced assembly bill here in Wisconsin. It's up right now. Uh, introduced uh, in the assembly, it's a, a new bill called Healthy Herd, Healthy Hunt. And so what the state, what they're seeking, the assembly people, um, to fight CWD and ease access to testing, they wanna give hunters a place to safely dispose of their deer carcasses, okay? So in now we don't know any of the details behind this, but the screaming headline within there is they want $2 million. So with that $2 million, among other things, like I said, that we don't know, they want to set out met large metal containers throughout the state where hunters could take their carcasses, presumably, um, obviously field dressed. I'm, I'm sorry, not field dressed, actually broken down the bones and everything after they process their own deer and throw them in these dumpsters. So $2 million to get a bunch of containers, put them throughout the state. Think about that. On a disease, mind you, that we know, or don't, it, it doesn't affect human health as far as we have studied for the 50 years of studying this disease, to fight a disease that doesn't affect human health in a state that kills 350,000 deer a year, this isn't just my state, it's happening in Minnesota, it's happening in Tennessee, it's happening in other places. 
can you run the math on that? So let's, what, the other thing I did is I, you guys helped me a lot. Everybody listening to this podcast, because you saw it last week on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Um, Sarah Galane put out the survey for us. Um, do you process your own deer? Okay, I'm putting you on the spot, Ian. How many hunters, D&DH readers, or listeners, um, process their own deer? Percentage. I didn't see this survey, so... Good, yeah. good. I'm, uh, so I'm, I'm putting, just going to make a guess. How, like, what like percentage? Like out of all hunters in the U.S.? Well, it's uh, people who took the survey, but I, I, more research I did, I found out this number is actually fairly accurate for deer hunters across the country. Okay, I'll just say like um, maybe 70%. You're right on, 67%. Okay. okay. So over two-thirds of hunters process their own deer. So is that is that a good idea? I'm going to I'm going to answer the question. I don't think it's a good idea. I think it's vast waste of dollars to do that. And now I know you naysayers are already on me. They're going to say, "Well, Dan, come on. We're doing something. What are you doing? We're doing something. We're fighting CWD." I'm not here to fight that fight. I'm here to try to number one educate and there's going to be a lot of education in this podcast. And no, number two, just think about it. So if I give you 100 bucks um, here and here's a hundred dollars for the weekend. What are you going to do? Are you going to go see a movie? Are you going to go to the grocery store and fill your, you fill your pantry with food or that's what this is about. So CWD, we need more research on the disease itself. I would rather take that $2 million, not towards education. They've got also earmarked into this bill. They want a, an extra hundred thousand dollars, I think a year for education to educate hunters about CWD. No offense to any DNR. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe offense. That's education is already here. We've been producing that education here just by us. And there's plenty of others. I'll give shout outs to Dr. Grant Woods. I'll give shout outs to Dr. James Kroll. I'll give shout outs to Bob Zaglin. And anybody, and Dave Samuel, and other people who actually have studied deer their entire careers, and they know about the disease. Education should be there. Yes, absolutely. We need education. A hundred thousand dollars a year, not that much, honestly. Two million dollars a year to put out metal boxes, so some guy can go dump his deer in there. In a state, if you extrapolated that number, three hundred fifty thousand deer that are killed out of a herd of about one point three million where the percentage of the deer that might have CWD statewide is a fraction of a percent. So we're spending all this money for hunters to dump off carcasses. There's so many levels to this. To dump off carcasses that can either be what? I don't know, incinerated? That doesn't kill the prions. Dumped in a landfill? We can do that by throwing them in our garbage. You're not supposed to, but my dad did it his entire life, wrapped them up in garbage bags and threw it in the, in the trash. But that's just, like I said, that's just part of what I think is the ridiculousness of this. I think there's too many people in too high of places, assembly people, please listen to me, that you really have to do that. You're, don't appoint this to one person. Get, get, get educated on this disease. Is it a deadly disease? I am not denying chronic wasting disease. What I want, though, is I want the preponderance of any money that's being spent on this 
to being spent on research of this disease. Because now we're going to get into to the meat of this. Before you get into the meat of that, just like, how, like can we kind of dive in quick? How did this even get started? Like, how did people get so jaded, and how did like our money start to get into like all of these unnecessary Thank programs? You. You, like, ju- you just led me right into. Well, this, there you Ian. go. Okay, you just you just and that was unprompted. He just led me. How did we get into this, Ian? So actually, what I'm going to do is I'm giving you two blatant examples of how we got into this and this goes from headlines so we went from that was a headline about the assembly bill um i got that last week and the person who's watching this knows who sent it to me that's a wink right there um okay first headline i'm going to give you two headlines ian you asked how did we get here number one this was a headline that was across popular media the past two weeks it was on fox it was on cnn it was on abc there it was on every major news network and i'm sure you saw it but this was one of the headlines and i'm not even going to give credit to who it was because i can't remember but the headline was quote scientists scientists i'm gonna i'm sorry that i always back up i know i was prefaced but that's who i am sorry that's you're getting the full monty here scientists warn zombie disease back up scientists warn zombie deer disease could spread to humans that was the headline i'm going to read it one more time scientists warn zombie deer disease could spread to humans that was everywhere right before christmas and i'm going to give you this breakdown number one let's break it down i'm going to break down most of the words scientists what scientists who i've been following this for 23 years i know most of the the people, the scientists who have put out the popular press stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? Scientists. Okay. There was one quoted expert. Now this goes to news gathering, which I started in. I started it. I got my degree from a nationally accredited journalism program. I worked in newspapers for four years. I know how news is um, gathered and how it's disseminated. There was one quoted person. Now I'm going to pick on this guy, but this is not a personal jab at him. It's a personal jab at all the media who basically saw the first article because this is how it is. There was a a very uh, aggressive reporter. They had the story. We know how media articles work these days. It's all about clicks. You put the word zombie deer disease could spread to humans. My gosh, you're going to get clicks. And I'm sorry, but that's how it works. That's how it works. And we all know that. The quoted expert through all of these reports is a Dr. Corey Anderson. Okay, I've already listed two doctors before, all right? And to my own fault, they should not be listed as doctors. Dr. James Kroll and Dr. Grant Woods. Do they have PhDs? Yes, they do. Are they medical doctors? No, they are not. Is Corey Anderson a medical doctor? No, he's not. Um, in my journalism uh, education, the Associated Press, which was the AP style book, basically said, you do not refer to anybody as a doctor unless they're a medical doctor. That's no offense to them. It's a delineation of what is your doctorate in. Okay, Dr. Corey Anderson, a, quote, CWD researcher for the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. That was the number one quoted expert through all these stories that listed scientists warn of zombie deer disease could spread to humans. The misleading thing there is, does he work for the Minnesota DNR? Yes, he does. Has he done, let me back up, 
Has, does he work for the Minnesota DNR? Yes, he does. How long has he worked there? Seven months. Is he a doctor? Um, yes. He just finis- finished his doctorate five months ago in philosophy. Okay. No offense, Corey Anderson. You didn't ask to be put in this position. You you legitimately have uh, in education. You legitimately have worked in infectious disease stuff for part of your grad work, and now with the Minnesota DNR. But you're a talking head for the Minnesota DNR, and now we're putting you up on this pedestal saying scientists warn that zombie deer disease could spread to human humans. Okay, let me go to the next word: zombie. Zombie disease. What is a zombie disease and what isn't a zombie disease? We're getting into like science fiction now. We're getting into science fiction because the thing about it is, is when you look and you, if you Google it and you go on Wikipedia, how does chronic wasting disease affect deer? There is um, a stage of chronic wasting disease where a deer could be disoriented and, you know, show signs of lack of fear of humans and things like that. I defy anybody to show me one video, because I've seen them all, over the past 20 years that was a confirmed case of chronic wasting disease. I'm going to hedge my bets in my 30 years of working here at Deer and Deer Hunting that most of the videos that you see are deer that have EHD, epizoic hemorrhagic disease, different disease than chronic wasting disease. But we see this all the time now. It's the fleecing of America. You throw that zombie deer disease out, and you you follow the deer processing pages on Facebook. You somebody throws a picture up there of a deer with um, cuteness fibromas. Oh, it must have chronic wasting disease. They they throw a, a, a picture up there of a deer that's been slobbering around and falls down, or yep. or a deer that's been standing in water. You know it has EHD. Yep. And, and it's like, oh, it's got a chronic wasting disease. So I had I had a. I had a moment the other day where I was scrolling through uh, YouTube shorts and I saw one, like it was, it wasn't even like a deer hunting YouTuber. It was like an animal planet discovery channel. I mean, it wasn't one of those, but it was just like a general like animals and stuff YouTube channel. And they were like, look at this deer. It's running, I, it's running in circles. And it was a deer running in circles. There was a deer with the EHD. I know. Exactly yeah. And I was like, and they're like, about. it's CWD. And I was like, that's EHD. It's EHD. That's like blue tongue, whatever, you know, like that's hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And that what you pointed out there, Ian, is exactly what everybody, I, I, I beseech you to, to, if you're watching these videos, the one you saw was a nice book, big 10 pointer, big, healthy body okay. running around in circles. That is going to be an EHD of 10 times out of 10. Chronic wasting disease is the name, chronic wasting disease. By the time that deer hits that stage, that thing is emaciated beyond belief. And if you saw that, then you'd say, you know what? That should be tested. I mean, test them all. But if it if it's not wasting away, if it's 225-pound deer running around in circles, it doesn't have chronic waste. I'm going to tell you that it probably doesn't. Okay, so <coughs> excuse me. i got to take a sip of water. Well, now, hold on. <coughs> I, this is an actual question um, I'm sure someone in the audience would ask. <coughs> can a deer at the same time have CWD and EHD? Oh, I'm sure they could. Like, like how we could both get like. A, oh, absolutely. And, okay. Just like I had COVID and now I have a sinus infection. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Because right. they're two different diseases. Chronic wasting disease is a basically a disease that, you know, it eats through the brain of the deer. Um, EHD is spread by a biting midge, which is a noceum or a, a tiny little fly and gnat. 
and that is in areas of drought. I mean, anybody from Missouri listening to this, Illinois, Kansas, Kentucky, where they have um, widespread, Nebraska, widespread outbreaks of VHD, what happens is when that summer gets drought-like conditions, those deer head to the water sources because obviously they're thirsty. Those little gnats are living in the pond banks. They're the ones who infect the deer. And basically when deer congregate, that's why you see piles of dead deer in these ponds. Mark Drury has, has documented that numerous times on his properties. But now there could be, let's say there was chronic wasting disease in that area. Chronic wasting disease manifests itself over years. It takes years for it to manifest itself. Now in mule deer, which we, what we know is, um, we don't know with, I should say, the research has shown us with good probability that chronic wasting disease could be spread in utero. So that fawn is born with chronic wasting disease, but that disease doesn't manifest itself for who knows how long, two, three, two, three, four, five years. And then when it manifests itself, the deer will die. You know, that's the thing. Oh, Dan, the deer will always die. Yeah, and I get that. But the thing about it is, is right now, like I said, this is the Sistine Chapel burning. That's what they want us to believe. This right. is this is a serious disease. Okay, if it's so serious. Stop messing around. So back let's let's go back to that article. Put your money where the where, where it needs to be put. Let's go back to that headline. Scientists say yep. so what credibility do we have? He has a philosophy degree or a PhD in philosophy, right? What research was done, I guess is the question now, like that that can confirm that this may transfer to humans i'm gonna get to that okay that that is my that's gonna be a part of a rant here again nothing personal to Corey uh anderson he he didn't ask for this right is he has he worked in uh infectious research yes he has but to call the guy a scientist and and to say it could spread to humans i'm going to get to that that is fear-mongering at its best i cannot think of a better way to fear-monger than that for disease we know does not affect humans in the light of mad cow, which I'm getting to. Okay, second headline. Um, okay, uh, news out of Yellowstone where CWD where CWD was found in deer. Also grab these headlines: zombie deer disease epidemic spreads to Yellowstone. Okay, that was that was another national headline. Most of these national headlines from these major news sources out of big cities, number one, have a wrong deer affiliated. They'll put a whitetail picture with that article. And then when I read Yellowstone, it's like, well, I already know there's no whitetails in Yellowstone. If there are, there's a handful of them. I mean, I'm talking a handful, not a population. So I already know. It's like, okay, well, they show me a picture of a whitetail. I know this. it, it, It was found in a mule deer. Okay. So they said epidemic spreads to Yellowstone. I'm not going to put you on the spot here, Ian. I'm just going to tell. I'm going to tell everybody how many mule deer are in Yellowstone. Yellowstone's huge, right? Yeah. There's 1,800 mule deer in Yellowstone. Okay. There's practically no whitetails, but they they warn that a slow-moving disaster is occurring, and urged for governments to prepare for the possibility of it spreading to humans. That was in that same article. (laughs) 
yet <clears throat> they literally just last week approved 24 million dollars in Yellowstone in that area uh, in, I'm sorry over in Wyoming yet the wildlife department like I said literally last week approved 24 million dollars for road crossings for deer you know what I'm talking about? They have these land bridges that go over highways. Oh, it, okay. it, it was popular in Europe. Okay. It's kind of a big, large swath, and it's a bridge that goes, and it's they, they populate it with trees and stuff. So it, it's supposed to encourage... Movement. Mo the deer over instead of ru yeah. running in, in front of the... It doesn't make any sense. Okay? So now I got to... Now back to your point, and I th can't remember how you worded it. Um, what, what did I, what did you say when I said I was going to get back to it? Well, I was just asking about. Okay, so we we covered the credibility. Let's let's talk about like where the research right here came okay. from. I'm curious. This is you know. where all this panic started. <clears throat> this was a quote by Corey Anderson, Doctor Corey, if you want to call him that. I'm sorry, I'm not going to. Because I'm not, I, I really sh shouldn't be referring to anybody unless the guy's working on my heart. Um, Associated Press, you can go back to that. In that article, one of the quotes from, from Anderson, this is a quote. The mad cow disease outbreak in Britain provided an example of how overnight things can get crazy when a spillover event happens from, say, livestock to people. Okay, so Ian, I want you to answer the question for all the Deer Talk listeners. And watchers um when i say mad cow disease and britain what's your initial reaction i'm just simply curious um that i my initial reaction is i don't i <coughs> it wasn't made out to be that big of a deal uh for my generation so i don't really okay have well it was made reaction. out to be a huge deal for every right. other generation right so um if you're under not under ian's generation <laughs> Sorry, Ian. No, that's okay. Um, it was like so many headlines and so much panic. You're too young to remember the Tylenol scare. It was <laughs> bigger than that. What? The Tylenol scare was, when, that was before they put uh, like sealed things over Tylenol. Somebody put poison in Tylenol and it killed people. They bought Tylenol and they it took it and it killed them. Oh my God. And they couldn't figure it out. And that's what, that's what changed uh, food packaging in the, in the world. And I remember it. But anyways, Mad Cow was bigger than that. Everybody thought, <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to break down uh, Anderson's quote. Overnight, he said, how things overnight can spill over when some when a disease goes from livestock to people. He's talking about Mad dis Cow's disease. So let's define overnight. Let's define crazy. And let's define that entire paragraph. First of all, Mad Cow was first identified in the U.K., in 1984 stay with me just just try to absorb this this information it's very important that you become educated on this so you can talk intelligently when somebody brings this up mad cow was first identified in the uk in 1984 so i'm addressing his word overnight it was actually not reported until 1987 three years later they discovered the disease in 84 it wasn't reported until 87 the first case of mad cow affecting a human was not identified until 1996, nine years later, nine years after it was reported. That's oh, The entire span was 12 years. That's not overnight. That's pretty much overnight. That sounds like overnight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Th thank you. I should have I I not even answered my own question. That's not overnight. 
Second, everybody said, oh my God, so it infected people and killed people, right? It got crazy. It got crazy. So for, I'm going to preface this by saying, um, I'm not going to ask you a question. I'm going to just tell you. 84 million people in the UK in that time span. Over the next 20 years, 84 mil, out of 84 million people, 178 people died. In 20 years? In 20 years. That's crazy. That's absolutely Okay, bad. from Kreutzfeldt-Jakob's disease that was linked to mad cow. Okay? We know already... Uh, that's later in my, my notes here. I'm so, uh, so anyways, over 20 years, 178 people died. That's terrible. 178 people died. Out of 84 million people who were exposed to this. That disease we, we knew with certainty could transfer from cows to humans. But here's the caveat, okay? Back then in the UK, it was common for cattle producers to feed their cattle infected meat from other cattle that had been fed a meal of meat, bones, brain, spinal columns, and offals, which is guts, of of cows that had mad cow disease. So the, the cows were basically cannibals by the feed that they were given, and they developed bovine spongiform encephalopathy and then gave it to humans. And there's so much research. If you do any research on brain diseases, these types of diseases are very common in cannibal societies. Okay? In uh, every year, this is just an extra statistic, more than 13 billion pounds of beef was consumed in the UK. A hundred and... Uh, what was it? 178 people died. My condolences to those 178 people's right, families. Right, like not trying to negate the, the But 84, 84 million people. So okay. Here's a, here's a question about that, though. Could that disease transfer from human to human if one person had no. mad cow? Okay. No. Okay. No. Um, so what happened after that? Mad cow was meticulously reported on. It was in the headlines almost nonstop until 2012 and now it's crickets does that mean they eradicated mad cow disease in humans maybe I know what they did is they put in all sorts of regulations that you can't feed cows brains and spinal columns and the guts from cows that are <laughs> what they call downer cows that were already sick But is there testing for mad cow disease? A disease we know affects humans? No. I mean, there is, but it's very, very minuscule. How is it in the United States? Very minuscule. Okay. What about... in? Uh, I'm, I, I could go down that rabbit hole for hours. I won't. But what about... So you're going to say, yeah, okay, Dan, that's great. That was in the UK. What about here in the United States? In North America, including Canada, from 2003 to 2018... There were 26 cases of mad cow that were found. Only six of them in the United States. But there were some, right? But if I'm a farmer and I have a cow 
and I butcher it. I'm going back to my, my introduction here. We did this all the time when we were kids. Now, we didn't raise them. My, my grandfather did. Raise cattle. We would butcher the cattle in his barn. We hired a, a, a meat processor that did all the nice cuts and everything. But then what we did with the, the extras, they threw them out in the fence line. And I know that still goes on today. With cows that could be infected by a disease that it, 100% can affect humans. But we, there's no regulation over that. <clears throat> so I got to go through a couple other ones here because you're going to see the hypocrisy and the sensationalism that is surrounding chronic wasting disease today. If you do any, if you, if you digest any of this, there's one, two, three, four, five other transmissible spongiform encephalopathies that we know of. Number one, bovine, mad cow. Number two, mink encephalopathy. Do you ever think of that? What is it, right? Do you know what a mink is? Isn't that like a little small furry little critter? It's, a, it's like a weasel, but it's like this big. Okay, yeah. Okay? Yeah. They farm them in the United States for the fur. Oh. Okay? You might not know this, but the state we're sitting in right now, Wisconsin... They raise 600,000 mink a year. Where? <laughs> in, on mink farms. Okay. 600,000 mink a year. Remember how many deer we kill a year? 300. 350,000. Yeah. So they kill, or they, well, they raise and kill uh, almost twice as many mink than we do deer. Guess what mink can get? Mink encephalopathy. Is there any testing? Are there any metal containers across the state? It's a prion disease, prion brain disease. We know prions, you can't kill them with fire or bleach or anything else. It stays in the soil. These mink are in little farms like pheasant farms. I don't know where one is, but I know there's, there's a bunch in this state. There's, there's, does this not, does that not make you question why? Why aren't we studying that? Why aren't we studying that brain disease? What about, uh, here's one, Ian, that is probably going to shock you, but it's mostly found in the UK. There's another encephalopathy called feline encephalopathy that infects cats. Yeah, I've heard of this one. Um, but we're not going to go down that one. We talked about chronic wasting disease. The other one is scrapie, which, is, which you've heard of probably. Yep. It affects sheep and goats. Okay, I have to go on a scrapie for a minute, and then I'm going to come back to circle here, but... Let's check my time. Scrapie is the oldest known transmissible spongiform encephalopathy disease. It was first described in 1732. In 1732, and then again in 1750. We've known about that disease. It's in sheep and goats. Same kind of disease as chronic wasting disease. Affects sheep and goats the same way. 30% of all the sheep in the United States today are susceptible to scrapie. Do they have lots of regulations on it? Yes. Does it, is the disease found? Yes. Do they, have, do they spend $2 million to put metal containers around their states to collect sheep and goat carcasses? No. It doesn't make any sense. 
Okay. So, okay, maybe at the end of this whole discussion, maybe you say, okay, it's a stupid assembly bill. But why do we have elected officials that are so out of clue when you could do this research on your own and figure it out in 15 minutes? Anybody smart enough with a Mac laptop and enough brain <laughs> capacity of their own can figure this stuff out that we what we need to do is study the disease stop with all this it, it, it's it's we're fight we're waging a war on cwd well how are we waging we're reducing deer herds okay that makes sense we're to make them to responsible levels you're going to hear me complain about some of that. You said it, this in a previous podcast. Sorry to interrupt here. You said this yep. in a previous podcast, though, where you're like, okay, we're testing. It's Oh, oh it's over here now. Oh, it's over here now. It's okay. That's great. We, we're spending all this money and all this time focusing on where it is rather than why it is and, and how we can combat this, whether if we can or cannot combat this and what, you know, what uh, things, uh, what, what, what we can do to just prevent this from being a bigger issue. 100%. Yeah. 100% agree. Like I said, oh, it's here. It's everywhere. Okay. So, okay. Do we need that hot map to show where it is? <laughs> okay. Here's a map. Don't hunt here. <laughs> like, what's the point? What is it point for? your finger. Are you worried about it? Yeah. Go get it tested. That, that, oh, the testing is great. If they want to take that $2 million and put it towards testing, fine, do it. How many people are going to do it? Not many. Because they already know. This disease doesn't affect me. They already know of all the other... I'm not trying to be trite here, but they already know of all the other things that they're putting in their bodies that have uh, that are known carcinogens, that are known uh, effectors of human health. I'm certainly not going to worry about this one if there's no connection to human health. I'm sorry, I'm just not. My, I, I'm going to go insane... If I'm going to, and I've used this example so many times, if I have to test every single thing I eat, my apples that are coming from South America, my, 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 uh, Guatemalan strawberries, treated strawberries, with paraquat. paraquat, blueberries, whatever. If I'm worried about chronic wasting disease and I'm not worried about that stuff, I, I guess I should just shut off the news and stick my head in the sand. Okay. So let me come back to 30% of the sheep are susceptible um, sheep farmers have to submit one mature animal for for testing every, one, once every several years. One defend one to five, depending upon where you are at, where, where you're at in the country. So if they look and they say, "Oh, this flock is susceptible," or "This flock has had scrapey," you might have to you might have to submit one to five sheep. In other places, you have to submit one sheep for testing for scrapey every several years. Is the prevalence rate as high as deer? No, but it's still there. There's no mandatory testing for slaughtered animals. Okay. Which Does that concern you? Should it concern you? I, I'd say no, but... But then why the panic about all this other stuff? Deer Talk Now is brought to you by... With more than 70 years of experience in the animal health and nutrition industries, Analogics Outdoors brings its unique expertise to the science of deer feed and attractants. For more information, visit analogics.com.
back to the just throwing this back to CWD here with all the panic and all of this hysteria and like you said it's completely sensationalism that's generated around this and and then people like not completely understanding what this is they're starting to just make laws now around what they think this is and and it's starting to affect hunters uh, across the nation that's the thing they're throwing darts at the board okay so if i if i've sounded negative i'm gonna come off of that and i'm gonna say okay <clears throat> Hey, you are trying to do something. You're throwing darts at the board, trying to figure out ways to... Is it a noble gesture? Maybe. But the other the other part of the this whole discussion, let's just say... Let's just say these containers are a good idea. You know, it's a good idea to, actually, to at least provide hunters a place where they can properly dispose of their deer carcasses. Let's just pretend that, okay? How many people are actually going to do it? So the people that process their own deer, the 67% of our viewers and readers and TV watchers, the 67%, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the preponderance of those guys and gals live out in the country. Okay, so are they going to have a metal container in every town? You know they're not going to. They're probably going to have one in every county. So, Ian, are you going to drive from Wapaka, Wisconsin to Stevens Point or Clintonville or, you know? Hell no. I just shot a deer. I just dragged it through the swamp. I'm not putting it in a truck and driving 30 minutes to go. Like, after you process like, it. Yeah. After you took I it in your garage. Two hours. You cut the backdrops out. No. You cut all the meat off. <laughs> Here's this carcass. No. You live on 10 acres. Yeah. It's not happening. No. It's like, I'm just being a realistic. I'm a realist. That's not going to happen. If you live in the city, would you? Maybe. Yeah. Probably. If you're, my dad rest his soul. No, he was taking old softener salt bags, putting it in there, tying them shut and putting them in the garbage. Why not? It's, it's going to a landfill. I sure hope nobody's rolling around in landfills. Cause you know, there's other nasty stuff lurking in there. It's a waste of dollars, but it's, it's, it's a really flawed thinking in my opinion. It's, it's so flawed. It doesn't make sense. How many people are actually going to do that? But this is government overstretch and just pork spending, I guess. I it, it It's given people jobs. The other one that I could go off on a rant, and I know I'm running long, so I'm going to stop here. The other rant that I went on, and no offense to the guys in the industry who will support this, because I know some guys do, is I just don't see the logic. The They actually had CWD... Uh, spots at gas stations and stuff where you can actually take the head and have your deer tested so you cut the head off and you put it in a bag and they'll test it for you and they'll give you results right, yeah and what they did is they've got those you know when you see like when they when they you can throw your arm you can donate your deer hides they'd have those big hides bins for heroes yeah hides for heroes and they would have like the some guy bless his heart would make a big container out of like pallets yeah well they spent i don't know how much money and i can't remember which state it was hundred thousand dollars whatever to make these pretty wraps so it was like a a poster but you know it would be like a teflon type thing that would withstand the weather 
and it had a picture of a deer on it and it said you know chronic w- disease testing air station yeah and so they could wrap those things and make it look pretty that it, 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 it's such a homogenized society that we're living in it's almost like a starbucks hey this looks nice so i actually oh you know what i will drop my deer up because they got that nice pretty little poster on there saying you know chronic disease disease testing or drop your deer head off here rather than if you're that worried about it cut the deer head off and and drop it off and they'll test it for you i don't know okay so there's a million different angles you could take on this like cwd dispute you know like whether it's the the dropping off you know your hides or it's what laws are in place because of it yes. or oh. how it even spreads because like the certain they think that oh, I, yeah there's a million different different avenues for we're, this. we're gonna have to do another podcast on Absolutely. those we won't we won't saturate people with too much of this but no a hundred percent to what you just said there okay my closing case here our closing statements We've talked about this. I've ranted about how I think it's wasteful spending on some of these things. But the bottom line is CWD, does it affect humans? And if it does, how would it affect humans? If, this is like OJ when he wrote his book, if I would have killed her, this is what I would have done, sorry. Um, (laughs) If CWD would affect humans, it would affect us probably in the same way that Mad Cow did, in the fact that you would get Creutzfeldt-Jakob's disease. Okay? It's a disease that builds up over time and kills people normally when they're in older ages of life, beyond 70 years old, which I don't think is that old. But um, Let's talk about Creutzfeldt-Jakob's disease for one second here. Creutzfeldt-Jakob's disease... We've known about it for centuries, I think. I, I can't remember how when it was. For, I'd have to go back and look. You guys can do it too. But currently in the United States, there's three. There's well in the world. There's three different types of Creutzfeldt-Jakob's disease, and I didn't write it down here. But there is acquired, there's sporadic, and there's another one. I, I have to look up. But there's three different types of Creutzfeldt-Jakob's disease. The one is hereditary. Oh, hereditary. Hereditary. You're born with it. And it doesn't manifest until you're older in life. And it's a brain disease that kills you. Um, acquired would be somehow you got it. That would be kind of like mad cow. Um, oh, I got it right here. Hereditary, sporadic, acquired. Sporadic, it just happens. They don't know how it happens. It just happens. And third is acquired. 350 cases a year. One in one million deaths are from Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease currently. They did a 50-year study in Wyoming in the epidemic, I'm sorry, in the endemic area of chronic wasting disease. 50 years. They went through all the death certificates and anybody who died of a brain disease, they sorted that out. Over 50 years, they did not find, they, they did not find a change in the percentage of what people are classified with Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or, you know, or CJD, they found no change. So people who were living there, obviously they had, someone had to be hunters. They don't know, you know, 50 years ago, somebody died and they classified it as a brain disease. They didn't know if they were a hunter, but they just assumed some of these people had to be hunters and they ate meat and over the past 50 years, no change. 
So no indication that affects human health there. Yet, um, we're still worrying about this. Would we be worrying about it more if there was a spike? Absolutely we would. But the other thing that you have to take in mind, this is almost... In, in the UK, when 84 million people were actually exposed to beef that could have been contaminated with mad cow, 168 people died. There's a disease that we have here that there's zero evidence of this affecting us. So should we be focusing on the human's health? Should we be focusing on the deer? We should be focusing on the deer, but we should be focusing on the research. And that's a big iceberg because, like I said, then you better be focusing on mink and sheep and goats and cows and cats and any other animal that can get a brain disease like this. It's not just deer. And a lot of money is being wasted. And on that note, I will tell you right now, the federal government spent over $280 million on chronic wasting disease over the 21-year period from the year 2000 to 2021. Most of that was spent on the Department of Agriculture's Animal Plant Health Inspection Service, which included $16 million. This is the, this is the highlighter point. $16 million in indemnity payments to servant farmers. So they were basically going in, killing captive deer herds, and $16 million were being paid because they had to kill their, kill their herds. Let that sink in for a minute. That's a lot of money, right? A lot of money for a disease. We, after all these headlines now for the past, well, we put out the CWD update in 20, 2002. So it's been 21 years. We know really not that much more than we did then. And there still is the highest deer populations in history and no change in human health. So I'm going to stop with that. I'm going to invite everyone, please, to where you're listening to the podcast, watching the podcast. You can watch them all on YouTube. Um, we have them on Facebook, all uh, categories under Deer Talk Now. Please comment on this podcast, but also please like it and share it. That's all we ask for you to do. Like it and share it and comment. And we can keep bringing you these podcasts every week. I am Dan Schmidt. He is behind the camera, Ian Sanchez. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next Thursday for another new episode of Deer Talk Now.